dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. Welcome back to the 817 Podcast. My name is EJ and my co-host Jimmy are here to talk about the lovely city of Fort Worth. We do this every week, Monday morning. We have three short stories, a big stories, wins and losses, and we just talk about politics, business, the future, economics, culture of this city, and where it's going. And we've had two really strong episodes um, the last two weeks, really focusing on the, the the branding, the auditing of how well we're we doing with this new um, leadership change with Maddie Parker, our city council. Um, but Jimmy, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I am ready to dive into this week. I feel like it was a slower news week. And so where usually a couple of these things might have just appeared as updates that we do at the start of the show, we're kind of stretching them into some bigger themes and figuring out how to really like delve into these topics a little bit more. Um, but as always, thanks to all of the great publications that we have in the city that we get to peruse through and pick out stories from that we think are worth highlighting. Uh, before we get going, the next two weeks, we are going to be out. So you're going to have two Mondays without the 817. Uh I hope you can get into your week in a different way. Replace us temporarily, but come back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be gone throughout this quarter. I mean, really, um, with the holidays and a couple things going on. But we're going to try to do our best, especially with the election coming up. Keeping up to date where we are with there. By the way, if you're listening to this on the 10th, we got like 24 hours to make sure our registration for voting is there. If we know people who hasn't registered yet, take them out to lunch. Take them to the voting place, make it happen. So make sure you do that. Yeah, and double check. Even if you like have voted five times this year, double check because I was a little bit thrown off. Uh, there was a number released earlier this week of the like number of registered voters in Texas, and the number has only increased by like five hundred thousand since twenty twenty. And that struck me as low, considering all of the population growth that we have had. And, uh, you know, we know that, like, voter rolls get purged from time to time. So even if you think you should be registered to vote, make sure you double check before end of the day on the 11th. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. I'm really excited. One, I'm really excited because... Um, you know, as I'm always very self-conscious about the pod when we don't have a lot of guests and we don't keep a strong guest uh, book for the pod. Will you guys still listen to me and Jimmy banter about the city? And you know what? There, what we have is a core group of people who who listen to Eight One Seven podcasts very tough and very strongly. And that is like I just want to say I appreciate you guys. Um, it's fun to dive into this stuff more. I feel like we get to when it's just me and Jimmy. Like we get to read. The, and talk about the story on the fourth page of Wednesday's paper and find a data point that wouldn't be addressed if we had interviews. Um, but so I just want to say really warms my heart to have a really core group of you still rocking with us at the 817 podcast. Yeah, we we appreciate that you continue to listen. <laughs> uh, okay, let's dive in. Our first short story. This is something that we talked to Christina Brooks about and 
uh, hit on in our interview with Dante Williams. Uh, if you missed those, make sure you go back and listen. But a review of Fort Worth's incentives agreements reveals big revenues and shortfalls or big revenues, but also shortfalls in contracting with minority-owned businesses. A review of the economic incentives for 2021 shows the city received $58.9 million in revenues from various projects, but that goals for minority and women-owned business participation in the incentives are not yet being met. According to the review, uh, that revenue is generated by... 43 agreements and is about 7% of the city's total revenues. Overall, the report says that $16.5 million was committed in 2021 toward minority and women-owned companies and economic incentive agreements, but only $12.4 million was verified. In 2020, $39 million was committed, but about $36.3 million was verified. Which, that in itself, I was surprised. That's a pretty big drop-off from year to year. Well, I'm assuming that just has to do with um, pandemic needs and maybe, like, the expectations of what is what you need to hit as benchmarks was lower due to that as well. Mm. So you probably had a stronger uh, conversion rate there simply because of that. That, that. That's what that looks like to me. Yeah. Um, but this is something the city set out a while ago to try and achieve, and it feels like we're we're really struggling to get to the benchmark numbers that we have set for minority and women-owned businesses. And I think Dante said it well, um, or he was talking about how, like, Yes, like that's out there. You know, some people don't know about it. Like there's a communication gap and then there's also like the contractor side to where uh they're maybe not knowing exactly how to tap into it. Um so like a little bit of give and take on both sides, but I feel like this is something that hopefully, you know, really quickly Fort Worth will start to actually address more yeah i think um when you look at it what you're seeing is that it's robert stearns and the economic development department you know they really do a do do a good job for not having a budget to really give anything to uh cities Mm. and so these these benefits that these these incentives are really contingent on jobs they're contingent on revenue goals, um, things that allow us to um, award them, not just give them money. This is to everyone, regardless of of diversity. I think the issue here, though, or the challenge is we need to, and I'm not saying it's an economic development job to do, it's more of like a city priority or even just people as a whole of what do we do to help um, businesses of color thrive um, when you're when you're creating these systems that you want them to play off of that maybe aren't really meant for them, like the Kempton guy, the the, the Fort Worth Kempton Hotels project um, had a lot of institutional investment. A guy who um, was senior leveled, you know, has a lot of background, was you know wealthy already. At, at, mm-hmm. as, like it's it was easy for I would feel like him to hit his capital investment. Where others, if you're trying to 
come off, um, you know, if you're originating your wealth, um, these standards might be harder to hit um, and who you know and how to collaborate to help you get to those incentives um, so that you can at least get to the number um, is, is, is not as available to you. So I just think there's a lot. I mean, I, I, it kind of gives me thinking about college access stuff in the sense mm. of like ACTs and SATs. Like yeah. why are like, wow, we have the same tests, but, you know, black and brown kids aren't doing well in the tests, but they don't get like the summer camp, the the courses mm. and all that stuff. This to me is kind of that same kind of thing that I think Dante was also kind of uh, confronting in his interview. Yeah. And uh, one thing I appreciate that the city of Fort Worth and the economic development team do is uh, that the like incentives for these companies are performance based. So if you're not hitting your uh, goals as far as minority and women owned um, businesses go, then you don't get your full incentive. So of the companies that Fort Worth Report dove into, Kimpton Harper was the only one that got their full incentive mm-hmm. because they hit their mark. Whereas Benny Keith uh, got about 75% of theirs um, and Ariat uh, only earned 15% out of the available 25% construction incentive. So... I'd appreciate that like the city is making it performance based in that way. Um, I would love to see some like follow up or, uh, you know, conversation to continue to urge those businesses to hit those marks, you know, like next time that Benny Keith comes and says, like, we want to make an investment like, Hey, like you missed the mark here last time we need like upfront for you to uh, show us this or, you know, we can't give you as much unless you are actually like committing to and hitting this um, because the, there's a, obviously incentive for the companies to meet those goals. But if they're just going to come back, you're going to give them another incentive later. Like, uh, there's no punishment or follow up to it, too. Yeah, yeah. And you also like I, I think about I was driving around the other day in Fort Worth and was like, man, there's a lot of like just dead buildings with like businesses. Like, how do you still operate here? And but I, I think a lot of it also is just like if you come from a generational building where it's like, oh, the building's kind of paid for mm-hmm. or, or things kind of happen, you can kind of be, you know, just a business that exists and then like tax write-offs and all this stuff if your business is you know under like you're not profitable and so it's just like i feel like what's the leash for performance when you you when like i just feel like there's so much things in fort worth where it's just like people are just sitting on something that they've their families had for a while yeah. and now it's just like a thing but there's no urgency for them to hit benchmarks mm. you know yeah so it's just i don't know i think like um i think this is a small business national situation as a whole as well yeah also i don't know if you saw but um rivian uh got their deal with atlanta uh taken up from them the five billion dollar plant in georgia loses the property tax break after judge unexpectedly throws it out 
the electric vehicle maker was projecting to hire 7,500 people east of Atlanta. Uh, they say they, degree, they disagree with the decision, um, but I think that's an interesting story when we talk about hitting benchmarks, um, even those that get the most biggest perks across the country can't hit the goals uh, of today. All right, so we're going to go ahead and go to the second story. Uh, the second story, that, by the way, the, the, the first three stories that we're going to hit today are short stories. It's all kind of around, we decided to keep it a theme, and I'm pumped for the theme. I don't know if you guys already saw our title, but you had to, to press play. We were very proud of that title, and that's the big story, is is Fort Worth overcooked, and I can't wait. But the first three short stories are about kind of diversity, advocacy of diverse populations in Fort Worth, what's happening, what's not happening. The first one was just now, it was about businesses not hitting their needs. The second one is about uh, how a group of 15 leaders in the Fort Worth community convened uh, to address maternal and infant health. Uh, it was also um, organized and moderated, it seems like, with Maddie Parker there. Uh, but however, people in the city are kind of uh, concerned and was upset that there wasn't any groups that reached out to black-led uh, grassroots organizations uh, that so- support moms and babies. Something that is popular that we all have to be aware about is that black mothers and infants face disproportionate risk during pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum period compared to other demographic groups. I mean, this is such a big topic. You even hear Beto talk about this anytime he's talking about abortion and healthcare access. And so um, really the kicker here is just like there was an open letter announcing the initiative. It was signed by 11 CEOs or president CEOs to pre, uh, to, to, to president, a dean, and the mayor. Although the working group does include black women, there's no organization that specifically work in or for black communities, said Misty Wilder, the former chair of Health Equity Alliance of Tarrant County. When you don't have leaders of program that offer direct services to families at the table, in situations like these, it's always best practice to ask yourself questions like, where are you getting your perspective from? Whose voices aren't being heard but need to be? Um, so this is kind of the take. Uh, this kind of just kind of goes on to something we continue to talk about as maybe a um, kink in Parker's uh, skill set or or abilities, and that's how to create. Um, you know, equity wasn't I feel like her strong suit when we kind of talked about her state of the address about the city last week. We kind of talked about um, this is probably her her. Um, issue right now is probably like where she could most most improve um what is your kind of take on this what do you what do you see that i missed yeah i feel like she even tried to put the blame or onus back onto these organizations and you know she said the press release is just one document we were very clear please come to us if you have interest in doing this work and like yes that's true but also like when you're if you're getting uh like cpr or emergency trained part of that says like you don't just call out someone call 911 right like you point specifically to somebody you call someone out specifically and say I need you to call 911 like if you're just putting out a blanket oh somebody come like do this somebody come help me that doesn't 
work and uh, like we so like the burden should be on her and the burden of a and a leader should take that burden to say I'm setting this up I have looked up or researched these specific organizations that do this work and I'm reaching out to them individually one it provides uh more like value and purpose behind it and two like it says that you are actually wanting to do the work to make this be successful if you're just saying uh oh, hopefully like someone's gonna come and you know try and help with this like that's not how things get done and how problems get solved and so i would hope that as a leader she would look at this and say yeah you're right like i should have made more of an effort i want this to be a priority and so i'm you know putting something into this as opposed to kind of like checking off oh like i think we probably need to do something about this let me you know i'll throw together a working group and we'll call it good like i check the box on it i can say you know come re-election time that i did something for uh this cause and so i i just feel like it was kind of a fumbled thing that really wasn't that hard to make right yeah no and uh if you look at the history of infant mortality uh in tarrant county uh 18.3 women died during pregnancy within 42 days of birth for every 100,000 births in texas um so that's uh for the state um in 2015 uh there hasn't been recent statewide data on maternal mortality data uh scheduled um because uh, there was supposed to be a release in 2022, but now will be instead 2023. Which that we covered last yeah. week or two mm-hmm. weeks ago, yeah. And so, um, yeah, um, all in all, yeah, I could totally see this being something that, I mean, obviously it's all the things that the mayor is working on. There's no way that she hosted, organized, and invited the people here. I mean, there, there, that was... There's someone on her team who's responsible of organizing and thinking of all parties. Um, and so, hey... This is a, a tough job and uh, hard, hard to please everyone, but this is something that seems reasonable. Yeah, and do we really not have a list of, like, every category in the city of, like, things going on? You know, like, if I – does the city, like, legitimately not have the ability to say we're doing something with uh, – pregnancy centers like let's look up all you know let me do a excel sheet search for pregnancy centers hey we're looking up barbecue restaurants let me look up all the barbecue restaurants Mm -hmm. like is there really not something where you could in two minutes get a comprehensive list or near comprehensive list of everybody doing this and then you know from there start reaching out to people I, i feel like that's something that the city should have given they'd have all of our like business data and everything yeah yeah i mean that data was 2015 so even if it's outdated by 2015 or something some so many things pop up and out i feel like when it comes to nonprofits in, in the area as well or things around uh, public health and community health yeah it'd be interesting to to see how that looks um, but let's go ahead and dive into our third story uh you want to hit that for us 
Yeah, uh, this is something that we used as a win like maybe a year ago. Uh, but the National Institute of Health is giving $149 million to researchers at the UNT Health Science Center to pay for researchers to study the biology of Alzheimer's disease in multiple racial and ethnic groups. It will fund the first large-scale study of the biology of Alzheimer's in the three largest racial and ethnic groups in the U.S. The trial will recruit and enroll black Americans, Mexican Americans, and non-Hispanic white Americans. The study's focus on health disparities across racial and ethnic groups addresses one of the biggest flaws in clinical research in the U.S. today. Uh, Really awesome. I remember when they announced that this was originally coming here. We we're like, Oh, that like, that's really cool. Um, you know, UNT health science center, like continues to bring in a lot of people doing really high level research and really high level projects. And so it was exciting now to a, a year later, however long later to see an update and that, you know, they've got $150 million in funding to make this study happen. Yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be uh, really neat to see long term. They're going to be tracking uh, a group of people for a long time to make this happen. Uh, and, and that's just, I think, really going to be powerful data to receive. Uh, but it's crazy. I mean, you talk about the lack of uh, research on black and brown um, people. I mean, even women. Women are pretty brand new, too. Like, it was, it's so crazy that it was just like... We tested for drug, like what, like what, what, what are your reac- reactions to uh, drugs and what's the symptoms if you take certain medicines and things like that. And we would only test like white men, yeah. And then like their reactions to it. And you really think about the biology of like women and how different it is to uh, males. It's a, it's a crazy the fact that like, um, we didn't take that into account. To like, we're I'm talking like 30 years ago. Yeah, like, we're talking the 1990s. I feel like. Women were advocating to like also like if you're going to do something for about about health, you have to have research not on just white men. You also have to have women as well. And so now you're adding, you know, Alzheimer's who impacts black and brown people at big rates. Um, and as we all live older and longer, I just read something the other day. It was in the Economist article this week uh, in a magazine. Uh, the title of the of it was "Elderly Population um, Means More Government Spending." And uh, the article basically said for every 100 people that are 25 to 64, there will be 75 South uh, 75 South Koreans over 65. And for the United States, it's 50 percent. So for every um, 100 people between 25 and 64, there is 50 people who are 65 or older in the United States, Um, which kind of to me relaying it back to what you just talked about is like you look at like this long-term investment of this research and what type of uh, impact it can have on Alzheimer's. Uh, If there's, if we're able to solve cures or solve problems here now, as we all get older and government is having to spend um, on social security and things like that. And the cost of, 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 of supporting and and having people who are older, but still independent, still functioning. I mean, the long-term investment of this money, uh, is huge. I yeah. Mean, you know, this type of stuff is going to be crucial long term. Yeah. 
And uh, I mean, it speaks to the diversity of the area, right? The research will involve 4,500 participants recruited from North Texas. About 3,000 people are already enrolled in the trial. Uh, the expanded research funded by the grant will allow researchers to recruit participants as young as 30 now. Um, I mean, just the the fact of being able to hold a trial this large just I think is a, a cool testament to how diverse of an area we live in. You ready to move into the big story? For sure. All right, bring us in. All right. So we were we were just thought we were gonna give like you know, we were reading all the stuff this week and we just thought we were gonna just give an update on David Cook, right? We're like, oh and an update is this is where it is. Um, the biggest update that everyone knows is that the city council has uh, removed David Cook um, from reprimanded him from anything that has to do with uh, talking about Sundance Square. So that means when the city is talking about Sundance Square, David Cook cannot be there. That's basically the punishment that he has received from city council. Um, they did that. Um, they discussed that on Tuesday um, in, in the in the meeting. And uh, really, though, what made this the big story and why we titled it is Fort Worth Overcooked is because the Fort Worth report had a deep article around um, just kind of Sundance and the involvement the city has with them long term. Also discussing all the other things that Sasha Bass touches in Fort Worth. And to me, it just felt like it got very deep and it got even more suspicious uh, as even just the Sundance party compared to the David Cook party compared to the city, the city department's party. Like no one seems like they're speaking to each other on all being on the same page. So I'm just like even more confused. So what were some things you saw in this story um, that, you know, kind of maybe gave you some alerts? I thought it was pretty sketchy that, uh, up until now the policy regarding the public improvement district of Sundance square was a rare instance where David cook was designated to be a final decision maker. Um, because usually for most things that is the city council. And to me, I was just like, man, like they set this thing up to where they could just have their, you know, buddy that they're taking on private, planes and given fancy things make all the decisions that benefit them best and so like you said how deep and how long term has this lack of separation of uh powers or like decision makers actually been going on like we've always talked about how Fort Worth is kind of, you know, ruled by this like wealthy few uh, that are just kind of like behind the curtain pulling strings. And it's like, yeah, literally they put a guy in place and then gave him the power to make all the decisions that benefit them. But like only in that case is he the one making these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just to me like this is I mean, you can just tell he's just like being grumpy throughout all of this. Like he's not being a like team player or a coachable player. He's just like, I don't want to do this, but fine. I'm going <laughs> to 
take Sundance from me and I won't talk about it then. Yeah. But like the basses like touch so many parts. They touch uh the zoo. Uh, Dickie's Arena, the Livestock Show, Will Rogers Memorial Center, um, and then, you know, Visit Fort Worth. I don't know if you saw in the Star Telegram. I swear they wrote it for, they knew it was going to make us go crazy, but it was was something around how Sasha Bass owns the Visit Fort Worth. It literally said that. Mm -hmm. She also owns Visit Fort Worth. And I'm just like... Now you're talking about that, and if you look at that data here, um, what is it? The city's culture and tourism special revenue fund, which primarily funds a visit for worth, will receive over $46 million in funding for 2023. Like, $46 million. And then if you really think about it, it's like this whole hotel tax revenue thing goes to visit Fort Worth. So now us normal folks are getting taxed to go and our and our friends and people are getting taxed and tourists are getting taxed here to then fund, you know, if Sasha Bass owns the Visit Fort Worth, her like marketing project for the city, and then they pick festivals. I looked up the Aspen Snow Fest or whatever, and like it was definitely a, a festival for their target audience. Like it wasn't like this did not like of all the cool festivals out in this country. You 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 definitely picked like one that just like fit their vibe. And like now you're trying to act like oh we went to support Leon Bridges and we helped Leon Bridges get Jazz Fest. Leon Bridges didn't need your help to get Jazz Fest. <laughs> if anything, he helped y'all look cooler to your friends in Aspen. All right, and like then they got other friends there. And they're all like Sundance is just talking about how like great it is that, hey, we were able to take this trip and enjoy great friends, music and art while proudly promoting our amazing Fort Worth. I'm like that. I don't know. And just like how much investment the city gives the Sundance. And then that's how they look at like, oh, we can have a win, win, win lifestyle about doing this. Like, oh, we love to travel. We love to socialize. We love to drink. Oh, and look, we're working. Ah, like that is so like, I don't know. Not like, I just feel like sketchy to then think this is like, oh, thank you for representing our city really well. Really appreciate it. I wish I can not have to, you know, me and my, me and my family are going to Puerto Rico. Can I somehow spend this to Fort Worth and say, hey, we're having a good time representing Fort Worth, like, and bring some friends and call it a day. Like, is that the logic model of like, oh, when we should be, oh yeah, this was a good thing for Fort Worth. When really you just took all your friends to do this. I don't know. It just got really sketchy when you look at the when you got when you look at the article. Yeah, it does feel like a random thing for Visit Fort Worth to be sponsoring. But then also like the other people from Visit Fort Worth that got to go did not fly on her private jet there. Like I feel like them trying to spin it as like a work thing, uh, just makes it even worse because it further shows that you are only giving this special privilege to him. You're giving him special treatment so that he will make decisions that benefit you. And and that's the other thing, though. They go, it's a business trip, but he's saying, no, it's a private trip. Yeah. So it's just like, you. which one is it? And, and, and so then it just like goes down to like, look who else was invited. Uh, the ambassadors attending the Colorado Festival included Mitch Witten, Craig Cavalier, managing partner of Stockyards and Heritage Development Co., Matt Holman, president and GM of Dickey's Arena, Tim Love, Fort Worth's restaurant and official chef of Austin City Limits Festival. 
all very powerful circulated people who are, you know, you talk about the room where it happens, you know, like, so what is this? Like these ambassadors? No, it's your friends. It's the people you, you, you chess move Fort Worth on. And then I, yeah. And then it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's getting, I, I feel like there needs to be much more accountability around how we spend money, um, to Sundance Square, visit Fort Worth, to all those things. And there needs to be why and a lot more like clarity on why we're doing these things. Um, because here's here's the thing. Visit Fort Worth is great. Everyone who works at Visit Fort Worth work really hard. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just like, what is the basis of the establishment being set up? And I know we're able to, because it's really resource, it's able to give money to a ton of people. And what happens when you give money to a ton of people, especially black and brown artists who never get money for anything, they don't talk bad about you because you grease their hands. It's like the ultimate grease show to Sasha Baskin to do and develop and do things that they want to do so then they don't have to have accountability to an event like this and and bringing Cook along. Yeah, and uh, like the next step and one of the questions that Fort Worth report posed but didn't get answered is let's start going through all the other stuff that he's been given by the basses like we need to get a comprehensive list of how much he has been given by these people because we need i mean i think we know that he is compromised on more things than just sundance square but like let's get the numbers so that we can see how compromised and then we as voters have something like concrete and tangible to start telling our city councilors hey you need to vote to remove this guy because he is not an impartial promoter of the city since 2000 the city has entered into 35 contracts with sundance square and over 290 ordinances passed by the city by by the city council mention sundance square and like you know some of these ordinances might be willy-nilly like don't really make a difference um but we're talking about making downtown and sundance square accessible and attractive to locals like 290 ordinances is a lot and a lot of influence um that you know david cook is kind of behind the scenes pulling the strings on yeah i mean that means the city you can't just say remove sundance square and, and then it's done. Look at, like, they touch every part of the city. And um, I saw the Fort Worth Business Press columnist editor. I sent that to you. Mm. Uh, Connor, uh, Richard Connor, I think his name is. But he, he, he railed on this. You know, he railed on, like, you know, you're making $330,000. And now you're getting not to have to do, you're getting, not having to do your job. But financially, you still get paid the same. Because Sundance Square is a lot of your job. If if there's 290 ordinances and 35 contracts, that's a lot of your time. So if now you're not making decisions on it, but yet you get paid the same, it just it, it it's it just seems very. 
I don't know what to do from here. When I get emails or like text messages from people from our pod, it's like this guy needs to go, right? This guy needs to go. That's what people, and, and to me, an 817 pod energy land. But I just, will the average person get their city council person riled up to do this? And you can just tell, I mean, we're, the city council has become a useful, friendly place. They all love each other. It's kumbaya. We're young and learning Fort Worth together. We're the new hip people in town. So there isn't no, I don't know who in that room is going to have a backbone to be like, no, this was wrong. You know, like, or like, no, you need to get out of here. There's nobody with that kind of like, I'm coming for you. Cause they don't, I don't, I think they're still developing their own maturity as a politician and as a leader of the city. So like, how do you press the most powerful person to like, we need to remove him. Yeah. Get enough backing. Yeah. And uh, to me and like the Fort Worth business press editorial um, kind of like made this hit home um, to me, David Cook seems to have pissed off a couple too many people a couple too many times that like this feels like very deliberate kind of like hit pieces on him right like this has been going on for a long time Fort Worth Business Press as far as I know never wrote an article about you know Betsy Price needing to do something about it this is the first time that we're getting this massive expose on you know, him flying on their private planes, even though we know that it's been happening. So I'm getting the feeling that there is someone or a group of people that want to replace him as city manager. And so the hits are starting to come out. And I'd say it's a, you know, pretty effective strategy for a guy that doesn't have any, like, excuses or good explanation for his behavior you know there's no like way of really trying to explain your way out of this like you are caught in a corner and we just need to put the information out there so that there's enough reason for us to make this change so I think come after maybe like next council election when a lot of these council members I assume will run again. They'll probably, the majority will probably win again. They can kind of like cement their places on the council a little bit more now in their second term. And so maybe then we start to get some movement on it. But to me, these are like very deliberate nuggets of information that are getting leaked or put out there to try and stir up enough controversy to make it palatable to the average person to make this change there's a i mean sundance square on their instagram uh story i don't know you see this like you then like Think about who follows Instagram Sundance. Like, I, I, it's just probably people who just like want to check on what's to do, like what's going on, like what's going on downtown, and like they posted a picture of David Cook, 
And it says Fort Worth has one of the best city managers in the country. We support transparency and understand from reporting earlier this week by the Star-Telegram that David decided to recuse from any decisions regarding Sundance pending appeal related to the downtown PID, and we are supportive of the decision. Denise and David Cook remain close friends. So now I guess like that's the other position. Like they, the position is that David decided to recuse himself from all of this. So like he's now as the leader, he didn't get punished from this. He just thought for my best interests and for the people I'm going to do good and just keep myself out of Sundance. Yeah. So, well, and two, I think like something has to come of this because like, Fort Worth Report is financially supported by the Sid Richardson Foundation, of which Ed Bass is a board member. Like, this is where a lot of their influence lies. So, like, they're taking a step out in really hitting hard on this. I imagine the Star Telegram has a lot of those hands on them, too. So, like, this is a biting the hand that feeds you thing which doesn't happen in fort worth a ton or very often and so it feels like something needs to come of this because yes i appreciate that they're just doing good journalism but like there's financial implications for them here too yeah and there's a ton to keep going on i feel like i was actually one of the points i was gonna say is like keep going fort worth report keep going start yeah. telegram there there's so much history and data here is it safe to say we know that's the only time he's been on their private jet is it is it safe do we know that like or did he just get busted you know yeah. like keep going there's has to be there's historical uh data here so we just got to keep finding and like how do we make decisions on what Fort Worth is going to go to and, and set up, you know, marketing for? And it's just like, are, are, I, I feel like Fort Worth after this article is like the Basses just bought a Birkin bag and they're showing it off. And this is how it is. Like our city is their fancy purse. And that's what it is. Like, you know, some people buy $2,000 uh, purses. They buy one million <laughs> populated cities and then they walk around with it like a Birkin bag, you know? So, and then we fund it and allow them to do that. And, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's, um, again, crazy stuff and we'll see what happens next. You have any last minute things there? No, oh, I think that's a, a great, uh, analogy for it is like, they have taken out their shiny thing that they have paid for. They're showing it off. And it turns out that there's snakes inside. And for the first time, like everybody is getting to see what they're carrying around in the bag and their shiny thing. Um, and <clears throat> now we hopefully get to do something with it. Yeah, because here's the thing, though. You also talked about how there's a consequence to the Fort Worth report and Star-Telegram. There's also a consequence to the city of Fort Worth. If What if what if they were like, you know what? 
this place is a bunch of whiners. We're out of here. <laughs> gonna take our ball and go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like Bass has decided to leave. Hey, we're gonna sell everything in Fort Worth. We're getting out of here. Then like, but I think Fort Worth is valuable enough of an opportunity where some other rich person comes and grabs it. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've seen it is not taken very long for uh, Crockett Row to sell for the Foundry to sell. Like, if they decided to sell it, somebody will probably sell everything that they you know own in fort worth i think somebody will come in and realistically run it much better than they have been yeah cool let's go ahead and head into wins and losses if you um are a listener of the pod and you have an opinion on this story i love getting emails and text messages and hearing what you have to say um but I would just love to know what your thoughts are as, you know, after this reporting, I just feel like it wasn't just about the PJ ride. It's just so much more into how we operate our city to uh, please um, our billionaires. Wins and losses. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll start with my loss and uh, I, you know, maybe it's a stretch. It's kind of nitpicky, but uh, this article in Texas Highways this week um, was about how Fort Worth is cool now, reinventing Cowtown, and uh, I it it felt like you know Visit Fort Worth wrote this article as uh, like a press release. Um, not that the writing itself is bad or anything, but it did not feel to me like it really captured the vibe of the city of Fort Worth that well. I don't know. Did you, did you get that from reading this article too? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, when your recommendation is the hot biscuit place, I mean, <laughs> I'm over it, which I'm excited to try the, the burger place. I, knew it was there but have never uh been there the one that they start out talking about in the stockyard hooker's grill yeah um but yeah it just, it felt like they were really missing on like what makes fort worth special and instead just kind of hitting the you know i whatever like fort worth decides to advertise about itself yeah fort worth will um Fort Worth will be a big city uh, when one day it could talk about itself without cowboys, longhorns, and um, boots. And it's not like if you're coming to visit Fort Worth for a weekend, like, yeah, you should go see the stockyards. And like, yeah, Mule Alley is uh, well done. But they're like the sanitized versions of Fort Worth that to me don't provide a ton of like character because they're well groomed and like shapen in a way to try and present this image of Fort Worth um and I just think that we have a lot of really awesome stuff going on that continues to just kind of get glossed over so when I read this article at first I was like oh like that's cool and then like I kept reading more and I'm like okay like this is just another uh you know somebody hitting the what they've been told are the highlights of the city and not really like getting into a lot of the great stuff we have going on there's ways that you could have like i'm thinking like there's a way to talk about fort worth here 
and have no Cowtown stuff. I mean, and, and I know it's about that. And again, I know, hey, it's all good. But like, I just like you could have like gone with like a, a, a great example is Doc's Records. Like that's an, a great example of, hey, here's a hipster city. Instead of double oak yeah, tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Doc's Records. Here's a hipster city. Look at these, you know, hipster city. Montgomery Plaza and like the cool antique place in the history of Fort Worth that all that the Montgomery Plaza and there's a hidden secret garden in there a cafe there's another great example you can tiki lounge oh you know a, a, a little Hawaii you want to go explore a Hawaiian tiki lounge go into this place tarantulas like there's so many ways to make S- I mean, make Fort Worth like cool and modern but we're so tied to this stuff, which is I actually hotel drover lobby bar. When I go p- take people to stockyards, I love getting my little yeah. margarita there. There's like a margarita. It's red. I forget. I think it's like a raspberry margarita or something like that. Jalapeno margarita. I get it when I go to the lobby, right? Hotel Drice. I go to that lobby. Panther City Barbecue. Just recommended that to someone yesterday. So there's positives here. It's just we got to gotta always do this Cowtown stick and... Uh, it doesn't have to be that. And and I think Visit Fort Worth or whoever does these articles think, oh, because now we show black and brown and Hispanic people playing Cowboys, it's okay. Cowboys is okay. When really it's like, no, it's there's other things that we do as Fort Worth. And uh, we also got to be real on what, again, like we always talk about, what Cowboys represent uh, in politics in Texas. So that's all we got to be good with. But all in all, Texas Highway, never seen the magazine in my life. I've lived in Texas since I was eight. So let's keep going. My, my, um, my lost, my lost, look, actually, my loss is nothing to do with uh, Fort Worth. It actually has to do with Dallas. Look, I would have went all in and went really upset uh, if, if Mayor Maddie Parker did a tweet that said, always a pleasure to welcome Governor Abbott back home for the Red River shootout at the storied Cotton Bowl Stadium during the State Fair of Texas, a genuine Dallas tradition like no other. What a game. So then he has a picture of him, like Eric Johnson shaking Governor Abbott's hand, and like always a pleasure to welcome Governor Abbott back home to Dallas. Like really, I mean, less than 24 hours from when we were we're recording here. And to me, the loss is just like, yes, as a politician, as a mayor, when you meet somebody, especially your governor, it needs to be respect. I mean, you saw uh, Biden and DeSantis. They had to do it on camera. They had to show respect to each other, be nice to each other. But pitting a tweet on your account, which acknowledges your, your tweets is basically what you endorse and what you do. And you say something as like, I don't think like this was smart, especially during the election, especially when we're about to... About to vote in 14 days. Um, and uh, yeah, I so I thought it was a loss on Mayor Eric Johnson for having this tweet out uh, during an important time. And uh, yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. At first I was like, yeah, like obviously they have to play nice. But like, yeah, you don't you don't have to tweet about it, uh, especially in the like current season. Um, so I totally, I get where you're coming from with that. I'll go with my win. Um, I'm glad Fort Worth report covered this, uh, but like the trail is 
an 1,800-mile bike ride from the Canadian border to the Gulf of Mexico that is currently happening. Uh, They stop in 14 cities, and the goal of the ride is to raise awareness of resources available for those who are struggling with mental health so that they can easily get treatment without barriers. Um, there are 10 people from Fort Worth that are currently doing this ride. Um, and, you know, I, I know one of them that is doing it. And so I've been excited to follow along. And so it really caught my eye that Fort Worth report is covering this and raising awareness of it as well. Um, so my win is one that like, this got publication and two that we have people behind this organization in Fort Worth that are out doing this right now. Um, if you want to learn more, make sure you go to that article um, and uh, you can find out ways to support financially or, you know, words of encouragement, um, find a way to, to find these riders on Instagram, wherever, send them a message of thanks and encouragement uh, because 1,800 miles is a long way to ride a bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my win on the Gulfstream Aerospace Corporation. They have recently opened up their new center in Fort Worth Alliance Airport uh, last Tuesday. It's an 82,000-square-foot hangar, and it can update... It can accommodate up to nine aircrafts. Um, the president of customer support likened the approximately $55 million service center to a maintenance garage. Uh, but what's cool about it, it's also going to uh, provide employment to 200 workers. Some will transfer from Love Field and others will be hired from local colleges, according to a Gulfstream release. Gulfstream is partnering with Tarrant County College Airframe and Power Plant Program and will hire some of the new technicians from there. Um, so all in all, just um, really when we can take jobs from Dallas and get people to move to Fort Worth, it's a win. Always a win. Yes. Well, cool. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh like we said at the start of the show, we'll be gone for the next two weeks. So if there's any episodes you've missed out on, take it as a time to catch up and we'll be excited to come back to you on Halloween. Yeah. And also the note, um, I know uh, we also had the, the hotel dry staying six to 8 PM, November 7th, Jimmy and EJ will be there, um, having drinks, hanging out in dry hotels, lobby, Uh, November 7th, 6 to 8. We'd love to see you come through. Peace.